Welcome back to the Cisco UKI podcast with Colette and Rosie, the podcast where we take the acronyms out of tech and we put the fun in. So on this next part of the podcast, I am so excited to be able to introduce a guest. Yeah, on our first episode, we landed a guest. Um, and basically, Rosie and I, when we were talking about what we wanted this podcast to be, we obviously want it to be about tech and to kind of just show what people's um, career journeys are like and what people different people's different roles are within tech companies. Um, but equally, we just wanted to meet people. We love talking to people. We love talking to our customers, our partners. Um, and yeah, we're people, people, I guess. Um, and we really wanted to make sure that we we featured some people within the podcast who have really unique stories and not necessarily even related to tech. But we kind of thought, let's just go through our own kind of personal and work networks and think about um, some people that we thought would be interesting to have on the podcast. And since this is the pre-Christmas episode, when we're launching just before um, Christmas this year, we thought, why not inject some joy into this podcast? It's coming up to Christmas. Um, it's supposed to be a fun time of the year for everyone, where everyone gets together with their families, and it should be a happy time for everyone. And it's been a tough um, 18 months or so over the pandemic. So when I was racking my brains thinking about anyone in my network that I knew and trying to associate that with joy and fun, there was one man that instantly came to mind and that is someone called Gavin Oates. And I'm not going to say too much about Gavin. I will introduce him properly when we have an interview with him. Um, but what I will say is if you don't go away from this episode having heard Gar- uh, Gav with a smile on your face, if you don't smile at some point or laugh at some point or just go away from the episode with a kind of funny wee feeling in your tummy, then there's something wrong and you might be the Grinch and you should probably go get checked because he is a funny guy, he's an inspiring guy and we were absolutely delighted to have him on the podcast. So we really hope you enjoy our cosy chat with Gavin Oates. A quick disclaimer before a chat with Gavin, there are a couple of wee sweary words in this part of the podcast just to give you a heads up if you're listening around kids or have your granny around, just quickly cover their ears. We're recording. That's us. We are officially recording our first episode, Rosie, with a guest. Woohoo! Um, so excited. So anyway, Gavin, hi. I have done an Hello. introduction prior to this episode, so people do know a wee <laughs> bit about you. But you are, let me just say, an author. A, wait, a best-selling author, I have to say. A keynote yes. speaker. A, a stand-up comedian, a former stand-up comedian, but you're still a funny guy. Is that right? Is that how we should describe it? I, I, I hope I'm still funny. But yeah, no, I, I was in, in stand-up for years and years and years, and then life happened, business happened, and I've sort of veered away from it. But So we're going to go for a former stand-up comedian, but still a funny guy, and also a former <laughs> primary school teacher. I mean, this is transferable true. skills. That's a lot of transferable skills, Gav. Um, the, prim- the primary school teacher part, I, I remember people that I graduated with ended up with phenomenal jobs because they were primary school teachers. Well, I would agree. A lot of skills. And I, I'm not really even sure where to start with that mixture. And and I guess when we kind of spoke prior to this, we were like, what do we want to get out of this chat with Gab? And we've spoke about it before. And basically what we want to do is ignite a wee bit of joy, you know, into the podcast episodes. Coming up to Christmas, the most wonderful time of the year. Um, <laughs> we might edit that bit out and just say wonderful time of the year but we'll see we'll see how I feel on the day um, and we just thought let's just bring some joy to the podcast and so yeah basically that's what I want you to do Gav I just want you to bring joy so go <laughs> so it's, it's just over to me now is it <laughs> yeah we're just going to sit back put ourselves on mute and um, listen to you for the whole hour I'm not sure that's how this works ladies <laughs> I'll do it I'll do it I'll do it it's all good so listen firstly thank you for having me on um, it's always a, a pleasure to be asked to do other people's podcasts but it's your first one. 
So yes. to to be yeah. guest number one uh, on uh, on this uh, this brand new podcast is a real honour. So yeah, thank you for having me and uh, hoping to bring some joy. <laughs> Good. Well, yeah, I guess what we want to think about is it's been how will we even put it? it's been a rough eighteen months. Is it even eighteen months? It's probably more than that. It's, now. More. it's probably longer. Yeah. Been longer. Yeah. It's probably longer. Um, and so we obviously at Cisco we work in the tech world. We've had a lot of like technology at our hands, and it's made working from home for the likes of me and Rosie easy enough. We have we have good software that we can use, good tools, um, and we're doing this. We're recording a podcast on technology. But yeah, it's been a rough year for a lot of people, and um, yeah, I guess we just kind of want to see what your views are on how teams can sort of bring a bit of joy into their workforce coming up to Christmas and how do you write about that in your books and how do you talk about it? Well, I think I think it's a really important issue. I think people need to make an effort for a start. You know, if you think about that 19 or 20 months that we've we've all had, I mean, it's been, for the want of a better word, it's been bonkers. Like it's been so strange for so many of us. Um, I think the phrase I heard a lot during the first lockdown was same storm, different boat. And it's so it's so true. You know, we've all we're all in this same thing, but we're we've all had such different experiences. You know, I know people who have had the most horrendous COVID experiences, whether that's through illness, losing loved ones, losing their job, losing their business, um, finding the working from home thing, maybe they live alone, been extremely lonely. And then there's the flip side of that as well. I, I know people who have loved it. They've absolutely loved it. They've reconnected with family and friends. They've reconnected with themselves. They've had to reimagine, rethink um, their entire way of being in, in many ways. And then, of course, there's everything in between. But I think it's really important by now, whilst things are still really weird, you know, and whilst there's still uncertainty and huge question marks for everybody, I think it's really important that, to go back to your question, in teams, we all need to be able to look back at, at what we've been through and actually acknowledge how well we've done, how far we've come. I mean, go, go right back to that first lockdown. I mean, instantly, overnight, we had to learn to use new platforms, new technology. We had to learn how to hold meetings and, and conferences and classes for teachers. You know, overnight, had to learn to run schools from, from home. And I think we're allowed to look back and, dare I say, celebrate just how amazing we've we've been as much as it's not been fun for a lot of people and it's been bumpy, I think we have to give ourselves a wee pat on the back. and But not spend too much time looking back. But with that, it allows us to kind of look ahead now, lift our heads up a little bit and actually begin to be excited about the world that, that lies ahead. Even though there are still uncertainties and question marks, we're allowed to look ahead to Christmas and be excited. We're allowed to look forward to New Year and all these new ways of doing things, like actually embracing them now and, and allowing it to be a part of our, uh, our, our ex existence going forward. I keep... You know, one of the phrases we also heard a lot of was the new normal. I hate that phrase. I yeah. absolutely hate yeah. this idea of the new normal. Um, I just think it's it's not anything. It's not normal. But this is where we're at now. And one of the things I loved about the whole COVID experience has been that first lockdown. Right? Remember the mindset that everybody had of togetherness. Do you remember when we went out on a Thursday night and cheered on our streets? Mm -hmm. For the NHS. Clapping. Like yeah. banging like, our pants. It seems like I like <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. There was always like one like neighbor <laughs> that had the big pan out. Always. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was <laughs> definitely my dad. <laughs> it seems like a lifetime ago though now. And yeah. the world doesn't feel like that anymore. Like it doesn't feel like people would want to go outside and cheer anymore because we're knackered, we're tired, we're done with this thing. But it's not going away. And I think for me, we almost have to remember how that felt, that mindset, and and hold on to it. You know, there was a genuine sense of togetherness. But if you think about the news all around the world since then, the amount of division that there's been and riots and anger, 
it's unbelievable what's been experienced. And it's still going on. Since then. Yeah, it's and, still and, happening. and it is still going on. But so for me... Sorry, I think that's just really interesting. Like, it's funny what you're saying about how we hate, I hate the new normal thing too. And actually what you're saying about that togetherness. So recently, like in our team, the Cisco Scotland team, we've become known as the team within Cisco that are doing a bit of TikTok, right? Which is kind of a new thing for Cisco and everyone's really enjoying the TikTok. But not just for Cisco, for all of us. (laughs) The thing is that we've got people and we've had people around the business be like, I can't believe you got so-and-so on a TikTok video. But I think this is what's happened is like, during a pandemic, obviously, we've seen into people's homes. We've met their dogs and their kids on video, like, you know, video meetings. And then I think people kind of thought that, yeah, but when we go back to normal, like, it'll go back to, like, being very professional again. And and I think what we've kind of realised is it's not at all. Like, I think we've all connected on a really human level. And actually, now that we are going back into the office and stuff, we've taken that fun personality, like, the fun personalities back with us. And, like, the video that we've done as a TikTok of a Scotland team of, like, just all of, like, everyone dancing, this really stupid dance. We made it up in five minutes and we posted it. It got so many views. And everyone across the whole company was like, oh, my God, that's so much, that's so fun that you guys have done that. And so I really hope, like, what you're seeing is, I really hope that people actually acknowledge that, that we've gone through something together. They take that sense of togetherness back into like the workplace now and that we don't yeah, just go back a- to being like robots at work again. Yeah, and it's allowed to be fun. I think fun's really, really important. You know, my, my business tree of knowledge, you know, one of our core values is fun. And it's always the one that, you know, when people come and see us and they see it up on the wall um, and just to caveat, they were not one of these companies that just has the values on the wall and that's it. We're a values-based <laughs> company. We actually do more than that, but we do have them on the wall and fun is always the one that people question. You know, if somebody new joins the company, they're like, oh, what does that actually mean? Does that mean we go socialising? No, it's not about socialising with your colleagues. It's not about, although that's important for some people, it's not about, that's not what it's about for me. Fun is more about wellness. It's, it is about joy. It is about happiness. Um, you know, I, as a former primary school teacher, I've written so much about play uh, and the importance of play. But again, you mentioned play and everyone thinks, oh, kids, you're, you're talking about being a primary school teacher. You know, it's all about play and they tell us that children learn best through play, but the bit they don't tell us. And it's an absolute scientific fact. It's that adults learn best through play. And yet we think it's childish. There's nothing childish about play, you know, and what you're talking about with your TikTok videos is play. If you look at the scientific breakdown of playfulness, it's imagination, creativity and innovation. And I'm imagining that those three things sit at the heart of Cisco. And if it wasn't for imagination, creativity and innovation, I'm sorry, but you wouldn't have jobs. That's, yeah, that, is, no. that sits right at the heart of everything. So actually, the business, your business, my business, pretty much every business is entirely built on play. It's just for some reason, we don't call it that. And usually, usually because most adults work somewhere that's hidden behind a big list of rules, rules and regulations that allow us not to practice our creativity, our imagination and our innovation. Um, and I uh, like I'm a big fan of proper play like you know I, I, in our in our workplace you know when we're together which is not often at the moment again like like everybody else um, we start the day with a game of hide and seek and I know <laughs> I know that people will be listening to this and there'll be people that go weird it's just weird well I don't think it's weird uh, I actually I mentioned this at an event recently and there was a late, it was a virtual event and, and all you heard coming through the speakers was somebody go weird and I was like why is it weird and they were like oh it's just weird they were like, you tell me that there's a room full of adults running around, hiding, playing like children. And I'm like, this is exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think initially, like when, when you say play or even when we tried to convince the rest of the Cisco Scotland <coughs> team to get involved in a TikTok, everyone goes, oh, no, no, that's not about me. But then as soon as they see it, other people doing it and enjoying it and laughing and giggling, they go, oh, I want a bit of that. And absolutely. then as, as Colette has kind of encouraged these TikToks, um, more and more people are wanting to get involved because yesterday we filmed one and we just had 
such a laugh. Like everyone got involved. We had a laugh. And as you say, like it was just such a, a lightener to your week, to your Ro- day. Rosie, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It's almost not about the TikTok. It's about what it creates. Mm, it's about yeah. the, the buzz, the vibe, the culture almost that it, it builds into. And you know, like when we have a game of hide and seek, people, yes, people think it's weird. And I know it's a bit out there, but it's not about the hide and seek. See, after that, I don't know, 20 minutes or, or whatever it lasts, of, of running and laughing and, and catching each other out and diving behind sofas and whatever else. See afterwards, see the buzz that's in the room. You then take that off into meetings. You take that onto phone calls. You take that into, well, in my case, writing a new keynote or something like that. And it, you can feel it and see it in all the bits and pieces that happen afterwards. So I think it's about, yeah. you know, that TikTok's that vehicle, hide and seek's the vehicle. And I learned years ago that, you know, if, if you give adults the chance to play, they will take it. Might not be immediately, but <clears throat> they will take it. The problem is, in many workplaces, the opportunity is not there. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I'm going back to when you said the energy piece there, Gav? Was what? What did you say to Colette and I when we had our initial call to see if we could get you on the podcast? You were saying that you're um, about primary school and how you're seeing your energy. Um, yeah. kind of is the first thing that people say. Yeah. What was so that? It, it was one of the one of the first bits of advice I ever got um, as a student primary school teacher. Somebody had said to me, "Whether you stay in teaching or not, Gavin, you have to remember." your energy introduces you before you do. Um, and it blew my mind and it's kind of stuck with me forever because, you know, I often talk um, at conferences about my my first ever day as a student primary school teacher. You know, I'm so excited, nervous, like terrified about being a student teacher, but going into the staff room for the first time, like it's like the holy grail. I mean, I don't know about you two, but when I was in school, you weren't allowed in the staff room. Um, I'm old, I'm much older than you. I remember walking past the staff room as the as the cigarette smoke came out from underneath the door. Um, but um, but I remember getting into the staff room and feeling like I'd properly made it. Um, and you know, I, having that moment where I sat down and somebody said, "Oh, you're sitting in Anne's chair." You know, that felt like people that love to sit in the same seat every day because that's not weird at all. Uh, and then uh, that moment of somebody saying, "Go and get yourself a tea or a coffee," and you get a mug, and somebody goes, "You're using Anne's mug," and like. Then you get to break time and everyone just sat and bitched and moaned about their jobs. And, and it was one of these really weird moments for me where I remember standing in the staff room looking around just thinking, why why would you come and do something like this if it, if it makes you feel like this? You know, if it makes you behave like this. And then as I was going through this in my head, there was this woman came into the room. Uh, she was a classroom uh, assistant, a support worker, one of the most important people we have in education. And she just lit the room up. And I often refer to her as my Mary Poppins. She just floated in practically perfect in every way to quote the movie and the books directly <laughs> it was like a rays of light coming out of her face and I just remember conversations moved on shoulders came down tone shifted energy lifted and I remember just standing again who are you you've not even opened your mouth how do you get to a point where you just need to rock up you just turn up and you're having that sort of impact and of course going back to the point there of your energy introduces you before you do these are the people I talk about that you're, you're Mary Poppins unfortunately though We've all met the Mr. Banks of our workplace as well, uh, who unfortunately also just need to turn up, but they ruin everything for everyone. (laughs) So, but this will always come back for me. Everything that we're talking about always comes back to how you choose to think. I'm a firm believer in the the concept of you are what you think. You know, thoughts become things. And every single day, we all get to wake up and make a decision as to how we choose to turn up. And you either, you know, it's funny, I've often said to people, you know, when we all die, that's cheery. Uh, but when we do at our, at our funerals, nobody will discuss. Merry Christmas, everyone! Yeah, but 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 bear with me. But nobody will discuss our job titles. Nobody will discuss the car mm. that we drove. No one will discuss how you, how big your house was. What they'll remember is what kind of human you were, and we will all be remembered as one of two things: one of the good guys or an arsehole. Yeah, 
<laughs> but that's I find that really interesting actually what you're saying about going into the the staff room and it's so true in any situation you I certainly have a vibe a lot of the time and I know that you should never judge a book by its cover and first impressions and all that but you sometimes just get a vibe about certain people they have an aura about them when they walk into a room and what I've really struggled with and I am a people person as I hope both of you would kind of agree like I love being around people and I'm a bit of a social animal but it's hard to get that across when you're in a virtual meeting and Rosie and I both joined Cisco remotely like during the pandemic and I think that that was a really hard balance like how much of your personality do you put across in a virtual meeting when people don't know you like are they going to think I'm a maniac because I feel like face to face in person like you can kind of get the balance right but either you're just coming on as like this new maniac that's full of energy on a, yeah. on a team do call. I wear clothes or do I not <laughs> and also when you're communicating via like so we use WebEx but when you're IMing people on WebEx or you're emailing and you want to get a joke across, but you've not met the person in real life, and you're like, "Are they going to get this? Do they get my humour?" Like, I yeah, find, like to send a gif or not to send a gif. Like, that they, is the yeah. real question of the day. And then you send it, and they read it, and they don't respond. You're like, "Oh my goodness, did they actually understand that gif? Like, do they get it? Like, yeah. or do you just think I'm a complete weirdo?" So I think that's where like this way that we've been working for the past eighteen months has been really difficult. And I think now that we're slowly coming out of it and starting to be back around people, I think everyone is starting to get that energy back of being in the same room with people what would you say for like people who are listening you know that don't have this element of fun in their day of, of play in their day where do you start just quit your job how do you say to your team <laughs> let's play hide and seek in the morning yeah you know yeah i think it's a good question because you are, are people... like do not quit your jobs this way are currently panicking right now thanks gav the yeah, first episode yeah. of our cut that's it yeah I, I was, i'm talking about people that don't work in cisco obviously right yeah <laughs> um i think um do you know what? If there's any genuinely, if there's anybody in all seriousness, if there's anybody out there who truly is unhappy in work and is is not doesn't want to be there, is not enjoying what they're doing, like in all seriousness, either look elsewhere, and I really do mean that. I'll now stop saying that, or <laughs> or or come and talk, come and talk to someone about it, um, because you know it's funny. Like they talk about, you think about mental health. You know, they always say you know you have to talk to someone. You have to talk to someone. It's no different in the workplace. If you are seriously unhappy, if you're not enjoying your your work life experience, whatever that means, um, then I think it's really important to you know go and speak to someone else because actually the reality is there might be another opportunity within the business for you that you enjoy much more. You know, it, it might it might it might be a sidestep, it might be a diagonal step. It, it doesn't really matter if if there is an opportunity there, go find it, go look for it, go and go and explore. Uh, and it might just give you the, the lift you need. However, if you're in a situation where somebody just rocks up one day and says, we're going to start off by playing hide and seek, uh, I would say, uh, shut your eyes, get counting, and enjoy every single second. <laughs> uh, because actually, it is one of the greatest games ever. It is. Uh, and I've actually, so I have read a couple of your books, Gav, okay? So I've read Shine and I've read Life Will See You Now. Um, and I do have to say, I have a really terrible attention span for reading, okay? I'm definitely more of a, po- I'm an audio learner, I guess. So I listen to podcasts a lot more now. And if I do have the opportunity to listen to an audio book, I would do that rather than read. But I actually did physically read your book. So I have to say, some parts of it kind of didn't resonate and then other parts really stuck out. Okay, and like you're talking about what we things Rosie can people do. So here's an example, which I wonder if this is another one that people say to you that sticks out for them. But it's about filling up your car with petrol, and I'm sure it's yes. life will see you now. Okay, Rosie, so I'm going to ask you this. Go see on. when you fill up your car with petrol, right? Are you the type? Do you yeah. round up? Like you round, you try and hit like thirty quid on the dot, and like you stress out. Hundred percent. If you got penny over, then you have to thirty five. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. It's really upsetting if you get to like 
30 pound or one like right. friends money <laughs> so I'm, i don't want to stress you out here right but in gavin's book he tells you to do that like just pick a random number like i don't know what the number is in the book gavin but sometimes in my head i think i'm going to shove in 16 pound 89 and i've done it and i kid you not <laughs> rosie you get such a buzz out of it like you feel like such a rebel sometimes i'll go to the petrol station now and i will stick 27 pound and 14 pence in and like, I'm like, who's going to stop me? The world is not going to end. And anyway, I think that's a key example of one little thing that you can do in your day sometimes, Gav. And actually, yeah. so that's one that resonated with me. But I also listen to your TED Talks. And in all the other stories that resonate with me a lot is the stuff that you talk about. So high-performing teams. And you talk about the All Blacks. And I would love for you yes. to talk a bit about some of that just now. But also touch on cool. petrol stuff too, if you want. Well, the, well, the, pe- the, pet- the petrol stuff is what we call silly stress. Sometimes we call it fake stress. And it's basically, it's... It's when I say silly stress, I don't mean stress is silly, but it's it's those moments where um, you're in a situation that's not actually stressful. It just bugs you, but it bugs you to the point where it then ruins the moment. So it is, for example, putting fuel in your car. And we all know what for two- me, not only seeing one magpie. That's my silly stress. Well, there you go. There's a perfect one. There's a perfect one. And, and uh, you know, you can you can ask uh, you can. I'm sure there's people can help you with that, Rosie. But um, but the like the, the petrol one, like we all know that one or two pence is annoying. Three or four pence, amateur. Like that's awful. Not in that moment. But there's loads of moments like this, you know. And it's it's uh, uh, you know when you get stuck in traffic for just three or four minutes, and yet it ruins your day, even though you didn't cause the roadworks, you didn't cause the accident. You know, why not take that three or four minutes and actually really enjoy the fact you get three or four minutes to, to do nothing? But the, the all black stuff that Colette mentioned. Um, so one of my so a wee book recommendation for everybody. Uh, one of my favorite books is called Legacy, and it's written by a guy called James Kerr. And James Kerr was basically the first person to be allowed full access to the, the New Zealand All Blacks training camp. Now, um, bear in mind, the All Blacks are considered the highest performing team in history. Although at the point of recording this, they got gubbed last week against Ireland. Brilliant. They did. Um, <laughs> but they are still, on paper, the highest performing team in history. Um, and of course, their way of being, their way of thinking, they're, they're a very sort of values and behaviours led uh, group of sports people. And this, this is everybody. It's all the behind the scenes people as well that we never, uh, we never see. Um, and within the book, uh, James Kerr basically shares these wonderful Maori mantras that they eat, sleep, and breathe. Um, and there's a few of them that always pop into, uh, pop into mind. The first one reminds me of a, an experience I had as a, a trainee primary school teacher. And it was when I was standing at a sandpit with two wee boys, age three. And out of nowhere, right in the middle of playing beautifully, one pointed at the other and said, we're not best friends anymore. And the other wee guy just went, yeah, no, and walked away. And that was it. Done. Sorted. Oh, no. Taking care. But no one got sad. No one cried. You know what it's like in the workplace? You know? Like if Rosie, somebody doesn't take like somebody, notes. Take note in case this happens. It's weird and uncomfortable in the workplace. Adults don't know how to deal with conflict. With kids, you just get it dealt with. You know, those two wee boys, like I say, no one cried. No one got defensive. No one had to go home unwell. It was just done in that moment. But seven minutes later, the wee guy came back and said, do you want to be best friends again? To which he replied, yes, I do. Let's dig. And then he went... <laughs> You know, and but but this reminds me of the first sort of Maori mantra, which uh, translates into "stab me in the front." It sounds brutal, but "stab me in the front" is basically this idea that if we're not getting on, we sit down and we talk about it face to face. If you don't like what I'm doing, you tell me to my face. If you think I could do better, you tell me to my face. If I'm not living by our values, just tell me. But help me, support me, guide me. But I've already agreed before I ever even put on the rugby shirt. Uh, that I will respond with nothing but respect, humility, and kindness. So that, that's one of the sort of learning points. The next one I love is follow the, the spearhead. And it's that idea that a spear tip has three points all facing in different directions, but it's only at its absolute most effective when it's going in, in, in one direction. So I get lots of wee messages there around the importance of team. But then there's my favourite one. 
Uh, and it, it, the word is wakapapa, um, which essentially means to sweep the sheds. But the phrase, which I'll come back to, the phrase they go with is plant trees you'll never see, which I just think is one of the most beautiful sentences, phrases, whatever you want to call it, ever created. Plant trees you'll never see. In other words, it's not about you. It's about turning up every single day and making making your your either your workplace, your office space, your project, your team, yourself, whatever it might be, making it better than how you found it. Uh, when you arrive, so that what you leave behind is always is always better. So to go back to the the phrase of um, to sweep the sheds, the All Blacks at the end of a match they clean the changing rooms to a higher standard than how they found it, so that whoever uses it next has a better experience than than, than they did. Um, and of course, the truth is, in most workplaces, we don't actually really often get to see the trees. You know, you see seeds getting planted, mm. you see small trees, you see branches. It's very rare to see the tree. It's even rarer to see forests. You know, you were a part of planting, shaping, creating, inspiring and empowering. You know, it's hard sometimes to take on a project or make decisions that you might not feel the benefits of for 10, 20, 30 years. But that's the world. That's the world we live in. Um, So it's all about how you turn up every day, make it better than how you found it and leave it behind in a way that's, uh, I guess, more purposeful and meaningful. Uh, Hence the name of the book, Legacy. And then there's one other, which is probably my other favourite. And it simply means no dickheads allowed. (laughs) <laughs> which I think, which I think, should be the number one rule in every single workplace of the world over. I mean, who would turn up? Let's name names. No, don't do that. Um, <laughs> just put them in a wee IM there, guys. <laughs> we'll edit it out. Yeah. Um, but they, but, but see, we laugh about it, but they, they take it really, really serious. And there's players in New Zealand who they reckon by now should be legends, like greats of the game, but they're never allowed to pull the shirt on for the simple reason they were a dickhead. Um, and I think these kind of things, this idea of stab me in the front, follow the spearhead, plant trees you'll never see, and don't be, uh, sorry, no dickheads allowed. I think it forms the basis of all great teams. Um, and that's that's what a high-performing team is. They're a group of individuals yeah. who are prepared <clears throat> to cut through all the rubbish, all the crap, all the nonsense, and rally each other together and constantly remind each other of why you do what you do, why you get out of bed every single day to come and do this amazing thing that you've you've chosen to do. And I think there's too many businesses out there, too many teams out there who get caught up in all the nonsense. And let's be honest, every workplace has its nonsense, but some are full to the brim with nonsense. And the biggest cause of nonsense is people. In fact, the biggest problem we have in our workplaces is the people in our workplaces. And yet the biggest asset we have is the people in our workplaces. So that's why we need those incredible individuals who are willing to lift and support and guide and encourage and rally constantly, reminding and creating opportunities to talk about why we get out of our bed every day. Um, it's really important. Yeah, I think one of Cisco's sayings that I always think is so powerful is leave your ego at the door. And so, yeah. you know, you've sometimes just got to leave it at the door, come and collaborate and actually, as you say, make something better that, you know, yeah. if you're starting a project or you're, you're going into a team meeting, everyone leaves their ego at the door and you just understand it from everyone's perspective. I yeah, think I that's, love it. And that's, yeah. your, that's your no dickheads allowed, isn't it? Because like exactly. when, when the All Blacks talk about sweeping the sheds, there's also this part of it that it doesn't matter what your role is. It doesn't matter how experienced you are or how, dare I say, high up the chain you are. Um, you're, you're never too important to sweep the sheds. Um, so I guess that's that's similar to your leave, leave the ego at the door. I think it's really important. Uh, I think ego is, uh, it's, the, it's the downfall of so many great people and so many great organizations as soon as it starts to get in the way and you start considering that you are better than others and yeah it all goes wrong from 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 that point in and so i've got a few questions as well gab around so 
Rosie and I are both millennials, okay? I'm on the older side of that scale and she's on the younger side. But anyway, we're both the same gen. The youngest yeah. side of the millennials. Young like whatever. <laughs> okay, and then who's coming after us? So we are Gen Y, then it's Gen Z. 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 Yeah, okay, Gen Z. Z. Um, Z. Um, yeah, so we're millennials. So we kind of, I grew up, thankfully, going through secondary school without a mobile phone. Well, I did. I had like a Nokia. You know, you could play steak on it and stuff. And then I think I maybe got to the point where we had like a flip phone, but you couldn't be on like apps, like social media and stuff. You couldn't be sending photos and, and they were so strict at my school that you couldn't have it out on your desk. And then like fast forward a few years and like the generation coming up now of just that's all they've ever known. And obviously you have been a school teacher and then also your business with Tree of Knowledge, you do so much within schools. Like, we work in the technology industry and we advocate for what technology can do for good to change the world. Um, and it can, it does so much good. And we've seen what technology can do through the pandemic, how it's helped businesses survive. It's, it's helped people survive. I think we've spoke about this before. It's literally saved lives. It's allowed people to communicate with their families. And But what are, from your point of view, the what are going to be the problems? What do you see for like the future generations that have just known a life of technology? And they're, yeah, you talk to us about it. So, so you're right. You're right to point out there's two sides to this. There is the incredible positives that technology brings. I, I whilst I'm not somebody that's like a full on techie kind of geek, I, I'm a big fan of technology and what it can do. I mean, it, it's it's extraordinary. And I think you were right to point out the role it played in the in the pandemic because you know, I think of my mum, for example. My mum's seventy. She lives through a couple of hours away from me. She's on her own. We lost dad a few years ago, so I. It, the technology allowed me and mum to see and hear each other regularly and make sure she was all right. So I, there is so many positives to technology. To go back to your point, though, about young people um, and your question of what, what are the problems that I see uh, coming, my answer to that is so many, uh, so many problems. Um, I think I have – so my son is 13, uh, and I have a daughter who just turned 10 uh, last week, and I am ridiculously concerned uh about not necessarily the role of technology albeit i realize it's technology that allows the platforms to exist but the the habits uh that form around social media uh in particular for example you know so at the moment there are some crazy stats out there about so 15 and 16 year olds spending on average about six hours a day with a screen in their hands uh i'll do the maths for you that's 91 days a year so 91 days a year sitting looking at a, a mobile phone which just alone is quite a startling uh statistic um you know we talk about users of social media but we also talk about users when it comes to drugs and alcohol and things like that and i think that's the reality it's a massive addiction you know we're talking about young kids at the moment arriving in primary one unable to look other people in the eye because every single person at home communicates with their head down uh because nobody's everybody's looking down we're talking a lot at the moment about kids arriving with what's called flat hand syndrome um basically that means toddlers unable to manipulate play-doh play with lego hold a pencil like a crayon because at home they get handed a tablet to keep them busy now if you think about how you scroll on your phone you scroll with your thumbs but when mm. toddlers get handed tablets they, they, they scroll with a flat hand yeah. uh, across across the tablet so these are just tiny tiny wee insights into some of the conversations that i'm seeing and hearing at the moment and it's 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 really scary you know you go out for a meal now and you you see a whole family sitting at the dinner table all looking at their phones you know i go to pick my daughter up from school and you see mothers and fathers standing looking at their phone with their hand held out reaching for the kid and walking away still looking at their phones i can keep going and it's all doom and gloom and i get that but actually i think we i think people have to i think we're going to have to take it really seriously um you know if 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 you know in, in economics they talk about opportunity cost you know you hmm. talk about you know time you don't get back you know if you spend 40 minutes scrolling on um twitter one evening 
Now, okay, that can be entertaining, it can be educational, but that's 40 minutes you don't get back. That is your life. Now, that's fine, but what if that's all you do? And the reality yeah. is that is, for a lot of people, all they do. They, they go home and they sit and they scroll and scroll and scroll. I mean, a million years from now, can you imagine how big thumbs are going to be? <laughs> you know, five, strong. five million years from now, we're going to be thumbs. We'll oh, just no. all be thumbs that, that roll around. But I think... See, I do the social media thing and I use my phone a lot for business. Um, so it's funny, like when I talk about this stuff to people, like you can see their blood starting to boil. Like I talk to parents about them looking at their phones too much and not spending time with their kids because they're just sitting looking at Facebook instead. And, um, you know, you all sit down to watch a movie together on a Saturday night, but mum's on Instagram and dad's on TikTok and big brother's on Facebook. And actually, we're not watching the film together. We're physically in the same room, but we are not there. We're certainly not together in that moment. And I can see people get frustrated and annoyed with me. And the reason they get frustrated and annoyed, listen to it, is because because it's them. Yeah. They know they're a bit rubbish when it comes to being present sometimes because they're too busy looking at their phones. However, my blood also boils because I sit there and go, I do that as well. I've made those mistakes. You know, I've, I've, my son, when he was wee, was trying to show me a Lego model, but I didn't hear what he was saying because I was too busy responding to somebody's message on Twitter. It happens. But I think um, it is about getting that balance. And, you know, everyone talks about things like, do you remember people used to talk about FOMO, the yeah. fear of missing yeah. out? <clears throat> and, then, and then they start talking about JOMO, the joy of missing out. Oh, I haven't uh, heard that one. I think, well, that, 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 that's the one I'm practicing right now. Uh, see, 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 see. Um, when you see photos on people's Facebook or Twitter or whatever Instagram from a late night drunken party that I wasn't at, feels great. Feels great, uh, and I'm and I'm absolutely <laughs> loving it. But I recently, uh, I'm, I've just finished my next book, which comes out next year, is for teenagers. It's called A Head Full of Everything, and of course, I had to do a chapter on social media, screens, technology, and so on. And I've had to be so careful because it's not designed to say get off your phone, and it's also not designed to say phones are great. So yeah. I had to try and find this balance. And everyone talked about FOMO and there's other ones like Momo and Bromo and Slowmo, which I can't be bothered explaining to you now because it's so ridiculous. But the problem with it at the moment is this thing that they're calling comparisonitis. You know, comparisonitis and envy are now are now a reality. Um, but I've somehow in the book I ended up talking about finding Nemo and how this new acronym Nemo, what you know, I've gone with not entirely missing out. So it's about finding this balance between FOMO, which is the fear of missing out, which is unhealthy, and JOMO, which is the joy of missing out, which is probably quite unrealistic for a lot of young people, yeah. and just finding a balance b- between the two. So I've gone with Nemo, which is not entirely missing out, uh, and then once you've, do- once you've found Nemo, you have to go for the sequel of Finding Dory, which is the discovery of the real you, and it's only by letting go of all this. See, the problem with social media and phones for young people is it's created this like this comparisonitis this constant comparing yourself to others for for perfectionism um and actually instead of chasing perfectionism young people need to chase things like uh, fulfillment and contentment and um gratitude and all these good things and as soon as we do that we let go of all these worries and concerns that create all the anxiety that is coming from using technology and so on um and then you get to find out who the real you um, really is. Um, was it? I think it was. I think that goes back to play as well, doesn't it? Like you know, when we were younger, you'd go to your activities. You you wouldn't have a phone. Your mum or dad or your granny or granddad, who whoever, would pick you up at a time. You, you just went and enjoyed yourself, and you and you came back and you went away, and you didn't know what your friends were doing of an evening. You didn't know, you know, 
what someone was up to at some hour, if they were eating, they were at the cinema or whatever. You just didn't know. And so you didn't have that fear of missing out. And so I think as the younger generations have come about and they can see everything, they know exactly where people are, when they've been there. I think it is really difficult for kids. And I'd, um, I think, yeah, you've got to just implement things like, you know, if we're going out for dinner with me and my boyfriend, we'll just not take our phones and, you know, We'll tell someone where we're going. If there's an emergency, they can call there, but we'll just not take our phones. I think you have to like slowly start implementing that into your life. So you do just have moments of you're just not even thinking about your phone because it is difficult. Like, you know, I wake up and the first thing I do is like read the news on my phone, which, you know, I'm not looking at social media, but I'm still on a screen. And so it is. And the news probably isn't particularly joyful. And do you know what I no. think? Part of, no. <laughs> and part of the problem I think is now that we actually have so much more control. Basically, we have like access to a pause button at all times. So, like, you know what you were saying about a Saturday night, Gavin? You would all get together. Like that was you knew what was coming on. You knew what time Gladiator started. You knew what time Blind Date started. On a Sunday, you knew what time Heartbeat started, and that was like your countdown to having to go back to school, and your mum would be ironing the, the school clothes and all that. But if you didn't get to the telly for the time it was starting, you missed it. Like you had to be yeah. sat at the telly. Everyone had to be there. You couldn't rewind it. You couldn't pause it and now we just have like so much control where we can pause and that allows people to be five minutes late or oh, let me just check instagram for five more minutes and actually i can't tell you the last time i will watch live tv never yeah like well, yeah, no, when. One, no one so many young people will never know what it was like when the adverts came on and you'd sprint to the toilet or sprint to the fridge yeah. and leap back just as the programme was Also, it was again. hilarious because you your mum used to go quickly boil the kettle. So, you, you know, your mum would sprint to the kettle, you'd nip to the toilet or you'd do something yeah. else. But for me, like my younger um, version of like Heartbeat and all the rest of it was Doctor Who because you used to all be down ready for the theme tune before Doctor Who. And now I don't even know any theme tunes no. of any TV programmes. Can you just fast forward through it? Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, think, think, I think... Sorry, Gaff. Sorry, I think So what's quite sad about it as well though is a wee bit of that sort of like having the power and having the pause I, I feel like that's kind of brought its way into like the way that we do a lot of our like virtual meetings too like and I think I can be quite guilty of it I know a lot of people are but when we have WebEx meetings and you've set a meeting for a certain time if that was a physical meeting you would be in that room 10 minutes before you'd be ready you'd, you'd have found your way to the office you needed now people sort of casually maybe join a meeting a couple of minutes late and and that's fine because like we do back-to-back meetings sometimes and you do but I feel like that kind of we've not we're not as like strict as we used to be you know if you set a time yeah. and you were there you made plans you were there and now it's kind of a bit like well i can i've, I've noticed that as well See, i've got a real thing with people being late i can't i can't handle it I, th- I think um i think if you've been asked to be there or you've said you're going to be there then you be there mm-hmm. and i totally agree with you it's like people they go oh the meeting's at 10 so i'll log in at 10 but of course that can sometimes take a wee minute or so uh, to get your laptop on and you know whatever else but i'm going to go back a wee bit to something you said there about the pause button I actually think there's a, a wonderful metaphor in there. I think people need to learn to start hitting pause on their life. Mm. And, you know, uh-uh. and actually give themselves what I would call a mental green belt. You know, find a space, find a moment where you can just be. And that's not on social media. You know, like everywhere you go now, our brains are bombarded by information, usually commercial product information. You know, you, you stand waiting for a bus and the side of the bus stops spinning around with adverts. Then the giant moving red billboard of a bus comes around the corner with a giant advert. You know, everywhere you look now, adverts. Everywhere you go, the space is filled with noise and busyness and information. And actually, now people then spend money for silence. You, know, you, you buy mindfulness apps, you buy relaxation CDs, you you go, you pay a fortune mm. to go on a, a mountain retreat. Not that I've ever been on a mountain <laughs> retreat, but but what people do, why? To escape, to, to free their mind up. And you just think, 
Like, what on earth has happened? You know, we've created a world where our brains very rarely get to just be. And I remember um, I co-authored a couple of books with a great friend of mine called Dr. Andy Cope. And I remember years ago, Andy saying to me, have you ever noticed, Gav, that everywhere you go, you're there? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And he was like, no, think about it. Like, everywhere you go, you're there. You can't, you can't get away from you ever. Like, it doesn't matter how fast you run, you are going to be there. And I'm like, well, obviously. And we stopped talking about it. And it was about four o'clock the next morning. I woke up just going, oh my God, I'm, I'm there constantly. I'm, I'm stuck with me. Like, ev everywhere I go, I'm going to be there. So, um, so if I'm going to be stuck with me for, I don't know, hopefully 80 odd years or so, then I want to be stuck with a version of me that I can be really proud of, that's, that's got something about, like whether it's passion, energy, zest, happiness, whatever you want to call it, rather than a tired, distracted, anxious, worn out, insipid version of me that in the past I have absolutely been. Um, so this, this for me, again, it comes back to how we choose to think. And Andy, I remember talking to him about it and he, one of the best things he ever said to me was, you have to learn to do less and be more. And see those four words, do less, be more. Again, it just absolutely blew my mind. And this is the problem now. People find it hard to hit pause and just be. You know, People can't sit still anymore. And actually COVID, to go back to where we kind of started the conversation, COVID, I think, allowed me an opportunity to remember, remind myself that sitting on a sofa for 15 minutes or so with no external communication, no, no interruptions at all, is actually really, really lovely. And actually really, really important. You know, I mean, it's those wee it's those wee moments where you go out into the garden and just look up at the colour of the trees and take a big deep breath and remember who you are. There's not an awful lot of people stopping to just breathe at the moment because it's busy, busy, busy. Um, there was the great quote in Lord of the Rings, um, Bilbo Baggins said, I feel thin, sort of stretched, like butter scraped over too much bread. You know, that's a great quote. And I think there's an awful lot of people realising and learning that and been reminded through the last 20 months that one knob of butter doesn't cover the entire loaf. It's just not possible. And we need to stop. We need to just be. Uh, and we need to create, like I say, that mental mental green belt. Oh. There's a wonderful sign on Waikiki uh, Island, just off of New Zealand. When you come off the boat in the car, it says, slow down, you're here. And I think that is a wonderful metaphor for life. You're, yeah. you're, oh, you're here. So it's happening. It's <laughs> happening right now. Just, just slow down, switch off, do less, be more. See, on that note, on the lead up to Christmas, I think that's a really important message to leave everyone who's listening to this with. Um, and I think just to recap, because I'm conscious of a bit of time here, but I, I really wanted to try and find an ending, Gav, that would kind of sum everything up and kind of link everything and how we could get maybe a Cisco link in there. And actually, our, we have a saying, and Rosie's touched on one of them, but another saying that we have is be the bridge, okay? And in case you didn't know, but Cisco, if you ever look at our logo, um, oh, I've got one here actually on my sleeve. But anyway, the Cisco logo is actually San Francisco Bridge and Cisco is San Francisco. Um, and so we talk about being the bridge, the bridge to possible, because we believe at Cisco that technology can be the bridge. But you talk about not being a bridge, but being the milk, so to sum up, I just thought we would, and plus I thought we could tie this into Christmas because Santa Claus comes and he has his glass of milk on Christmas Eve. So to leave us with a <laughs> message, yeah, clever. I mean, I spent some time on that one, you know, um, <laughs> but to leave us with a nice message before Christmas and to wrap up on our conversation, I thought you can tell us why should we be the milk, Gav? Cool. So with a surname like Oats, it's only right that I talk about cereal at, at some point. Just before I do this, just quickly, I remember somebody years ago said to me, is it Christmas presents or Christmas presents? Uh, and, and I love that idea because so many families this year will yeah. live Christmas Day through their phone. They'll sit all day either looking at other people's Christmases, getting jealous, or they'll be filming the whole time rather than just 
being in it and experiencing it. So why should we be the milk? Um, I've always, so I've, I've had this thing for years in my head that life and work is basically just a big bowl of Rice Krispies, right? If you imagine, if you get a big bowl, fill it with Rice Krispies, nothing else, don't get ahead of me yet, people. Uh, fill it with Rice Krispies on their own, nothing else. How would we describe them? You know, let's go with plain, dry, still, beige. Uh, beige. A horrible you know, word. Beige. Uh, yeah, beige. And yeah, I have to say it like that as a beige. Pale. Uh, you know, they're not exciting. <laughs> Peely Wally. Until you, Peely Wally's a great one. Of course, they're not exciting until you add what? Milk. Milk. Absolutely. And then what happens? They snap, crackle, they start pop. crackling. Yeah, they snap, they crackle, they pop, they fizz, they bang, they whiz, they come alive, they float up. You can see them moving in the bowl in front of you. They spill out over the edge if you put in enough milk. But here's the interesting part. If we don't get stuck in, devour them, top them up, refresh them entirely, whack some sugar on, of course, they turn to mush. You don't want them. Neither does anyone else. So if the Rice Krispies are working life, then that must mean that you and I and everyone else listening to this are the milk. And if we don't get stuck in, devour it. Top yourself up when you have to refresh something entirely if you must or occasionally whack some sugar on just bear in mind you're not Willy Wonka but sometimes <laughs> sometimes you have to sugarcoat things because if we don't they turn to mush they might go a wee bit bitter you don't want them and neither does anyone else so that is why I firmly believe that you need to be the milk and on love that, that note love it on that note guys on behalf of Rosie and I I just want to say a big massive thanks to you Gab for joining us and yeah I mean I guess we'll do our Merry Christmases and stuff towards the end of the podcast but Gavin we hope you and your family have a lovely Christmas when it comes maybe you'll join us again next time and just before you leave where can people find out about your books and what you do where can we point them to so all the books are on the usual I mean I'd love you to support independent bookshops go to your local bookshop and ask for uh, my books but um, of course they're on Amazon they're probably slightly cheaper on there but hey you can get them all on there and in terms of online Twitter's probably the best place to find me after all we've just spoken about yeah. I'll probably be on Twitter <laughs> uh, link, link, LinkedIn and all these usual things or gavinoaks.com and uh, yeah I'll, uh, I'll if anyone's got any questions get in touch and we'll link it all as well in the bio so thanks again Gav um, yeah we'll catch thanks, up soon Gavin. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you, Colette. Well, Rosie, how about that? How was that for a first guest? I mean, I come it. on. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. It's just so nice to hear how to inject some joy back in your life. I think a lot of people ha- can take something away from today. I agree. And maybe, I mean, what will you take away? Are you going to go and start um, putting in some random numbers in the fuel when you're fueling up? I hope. I'm going to give it a whirl. No, you're not. It's a complete lie. No. No, you're not. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'll try. But yeah, the key takeaways, I think, are there's a place for technology in this world, um, but it's all about getting the balance right. And I think some of the other key takeaways are coming up to Christmas, let's put in the front of our mind what is most important in life. And it's about spending time with family and friends, doing the stuff that you want to do, saying no to the stuff that you don't want to do. And I think on that note, all that's left for us to say is thanks so much for joining us for our first episode of the newly relaunched Cisco UKI podcast. Um, Rosie, it's been a pleasure. I'm so excited for the new year and many more podcasts to come. And And Santa's coming. And Santa is coming. So on that note, Merry Christmas. And we will see you in the new year for some more cosy chats on the UKI Cisco podcast. Well done. We'll, We'll get that better for next year. Thanks, guys. Have a Merry Christmas and we'll see you in 2022.